Rise and shine your light and opulence. My solution seekers, it's your girl, the spiritual activist, coming to you with another word, message, story, opinion, whatever, on the Conscious Black Souls podcast. I wanted to get into um, the fundamentals of teaching. Okay, so what sparked this video, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, episode, is my son. He started, okay, so he started preschool back about or daycare, whatever you want to call it, about a couple weeks ago. He was going for a while, then the pandemic stuff, and then I took him out, and I just kind of took it as a time to be with him for uh, almost a, a year or whatever. It was it was a, a good while, maybe nine months or so. But anyway, so I just decided to, you know, I needed a peace of mind, and I wasn't judging myself or feeling guilty about it anymore, so I just put him in there despite not having – a, you know, full-time job. I'm just, you know, trying to work on my, creating my own business and doing other things, um, working on my, my own mental health and, you know, just finding myself again. So, you know, I decided that for me, for my journey, this was the best thing for me to do. Um, so I put it back in there and recently he started saying something like, I'm bad, I'm bad. And I'm like, no, you're not bad. You know, um, what are you talking about? And then he's like, oh, I, I, I'm going to time out. Or I put my head down or, um, just a whole bunch of little things. And, you know, I don't want to jump to, uh, what they doing to my baby? Cause a lot of times we, we, we get to this mentality where we want to victimize our children, especially young black men because of the conditioning that we have and the experiences and the things that we see on TV. So, but I wanted to come from a very objective place because I don't want to, project my own feelings into him either because that's only going to perpetuate this idea that the world's against you and you're always going to be the victim and you're never going to be able to be seen for who you really are so you know I'm just like no you're not bad buddy your teachers love you they're just trying to teach you things that um you know to help you learn and to you know make you uh grow and and stuff like that so um, he'll just, but I don't know if he's just obsessed with it too. Cause you know, kids are kids and we can think deeper about stuff. And sometimes it's just like, Hey, it's just fun to be bad. <laughs> it's just more fun to just be bad and just do things that we are labeling as bad, but it's really just like, Oh, okay. I'm just experimenting with life. I'm just playing with this. I like to make a mess. I like to, but, but we, in our minds, it's, we've labeled it bad because it's something that we don't like, or it's something that we think we don't like. Like sometimes we make things a bigger deal than what it really is. And we have our own germophobia or, or OCD that we project onto our kids. Like, okay, so now you, you're making a mess and that's so bad because I have this issue with things being unorganized. It's really not that bad. It's just that you, that's your personal preference that you want everything in tip-top shape and not realize that these are kids and they're not gonna just sit up here and play with stuff in a neat organized do you did you play with stuff like that when you was a kid sometimes you have to go back to when you were a kid and think about okay did I play with my blocks and (laughs) keep all the blocks in this corner keep all the balls in this corner no you didn't I know for a fact I didn't. I was, man, I was so spoiled when it came to playing. I remember me and my cousin, we, okay, this is going to be a little weird, but we actually poured like salt and water all over the floor as kids and just rolled all around it. I don't, I feel like we were naked, but I'm not sure, but we were, (laughs) we were probably not even in school yet, but, um, and we called it naked monkeys. And these are, these are the weird, crazy things 
<laughs> that I did. And it's kind of embarrassing, but oh, well, I want to share it because it's like, I know kids did all kind of crazy stuff when they were kids and ain't no shame in my game. But anywho, so it's just like, I just want to be objective about it. But I did, you know, voice my concern to the to the owner or whatever. And he's like, no, you know, he hits the, I said, I know he has a lot of energy and he likes to fight and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, he hits the kids sometimes. I said, but I said, but he's very smart. So he understands if you tell him about boundaries and like respecting people's body and different kind of stuff like that, just talk to him and stuff and see. Um, he's like, yeah, we talked to him. He understand. He understand. It's like, you know, sometimes I feel like owners and stuff like that, they don't want to tell you the the real deal because you know I've been in the preschool system so I know what is it what it is they train you to not truly be honest with the parent because they feel like they can't handle the truth and and to me that dishonesty is not going to get to the to cultivate a, a actual space where that child can like grow and like flourish because we're not trying to get to a real solution we're masking it and putting on this persona that everything is fine and really this teacher is struggling and this is why teachers carry so much stress and and their work is um jeopardized their quality of work is jeopardized because they're not getting the support that they need because these directors are thinking about oh this parent not gonna be able to handle the truth so they're gonna pull that kid out and i'm gonna lose that money so we just gonna lie to them and let this teacher have to deal with it like the system is so effed up it's like Man, like just give these teachers the proper training to understand how to do behavioral management, to understand that, to see the children for who they are. But, you know, I'm digressing because I don't want that's I have that down in my list. So but, you know, going a little bit more into my own um, experience, but a little bit more into my son. So the way my son is, is so smart. I mean, I know every parent is kind of biased about their own child, but. To me, he is extremely smart. He's been talking since, I don't know, probably nine months. Um, he's very uh, articulate to me because I never really did too much baby talk. I mean, sometimes I do, but when it came to conversation, I just talked to him regular. And I feel like that did kind of help uh, form his uh, uh, speaking. And so um, he's very compassionate, very sweet, very loving. If you just see him on a playground, he'll ask, if he see a kid crying, he's like, you want to play with us? Or if he sees a kid coughing, he will go to their back and pat them on the back and, and walk them to their mom. These are things I've seen from my own eyes. Like he is such a light. And, but he also has a balance. He can be rough. He can be, uh, he can fight with you too. Like, and that's what I like. It's that balance of the, uh, you know, the soft and hard, like the masculine feminine energy, like that's what I want for him. I don't want him to feel like he has to be one way to be considered a man and knowing that he can be in tune with his emotions and his feelings and still be, um, you know, manly or whatever he want to identify with or whatever, you know. So um, but he does have a lot of energy and, you know, maybe that's because um, he gets good sleep and he's not eating just the most horrible diet. I mean, not saying that he just full fledged plant based either, but you know, I try not to <laughs> give him just bad food all the time. I try to balance it. You know, you can have a little candy, but you need to eat some salad or you need to eat some of this or that, you know? So, um, drink a lot of water, all these things. I'm trying to give him the best, um, how can I say vessel to carry him along on his journey. And so, with that, he does, he can be difficult for someone who is, you know, um, who has to stay with him or be with him 
all day long or because, you know, you have a whole class and he may be having a lot more energy than the rest of the students. So that's that can be a challenge. I've done it. I've had 20 something kids by myself at some at some times, you know, in the school system. I've had kids who I know were on the spectrum and who were not. Uh, given the, the care that they needed and who were put in my class who should have not even been in their preschool setting without like you know someone with them to help me out like I've seen it all I've had students with serious behavior issues self-harming behaviors and it's not and to me people may think of them whatever man you tripping I don't feel like children are bad this label that we give them bad hyper ADHD all these things um I feel like it's a lack and of how can how can I say being um on the bottom end of the spectrum like children are are on the bottom women are at the bottom um and then you add race and other socioeconomic statuses in there you know that you you get lower and lower but the point is is sometimes we don't there's not a lot out there in in the will to care for the to actually seek solution is not there you know, like that's why a lot of things go misdiagnosed in minorities or women or children because it's kind of like, oh, they're fine or yada yada yada. So there's no will to really understand to me, like children. Yes, there's child psychology, but it's like it. I don't know. Is are the people who are actually doing the research? Do they truly love children? Do they, how do they see them? Like, how do you see children through your eyes? You know, like, is there true compassion and love for them? And because what we're labeling as bad or hyper, maybe it's just our fact that we are not capable of dealing with their energies. Maybe what we go, what we're going through, the chaos in our inner worlds, the chaos in our mind, the stress within our lives is making it hard for us to handle them. Because for me, that that was the case. The fact of my own frustration and my own life, I was doing what's called displacement, which is kind of like when you, you're you so stressed, like your boss is yelling at you and, and getting on you and this and that. And so you come home and you and you start yelling at your kids and yelling at your spouse and you don't even know, you don't even realize that you're not really mad about the dirty dishes. You're really mad about what your boss said to you today. And you know what I'm saying? Or you're not really mad about the mess on the floor. You just at a, you just at a point where you're too frustrated and you can't focus on I mean, you can't handle this mess today and not being aware of those things, you know, makes you see it as the problem is your spouse. The problem is your child when really the problem is us, the teachers, what we're going through as humans, because we forget because we have these labels and we have these roles and jobs that we think that that's what we are. We're this robot. We're this thing. You're the teacher. You're the clerk. You're the cashier. Not you're a human with this job because behind that badge behind that uniform behind that whatever you are a person with feelings with your own issues and people think that you can become a robot and just because you clock in that you are able to put those things aside and not realizing that those things do come out in your work these are things that we need to be looking at and these are things where there needs to be more therapy for teachers there needs to be more acknowledgement for teachers there needs to be more support for teachers because they are actually laying the groundwork for the foundation of these young minds the fundamentals of teaching is very important to me because i feel like it has fallen between the cracks when you think about teaching it's not just school teaching is literally in every moment of your life learning is literally in every moment of your life like I was telling my nieces, I was like, you want to be a teacher? I said, to be honest, me me and your mom are teachers. Every day your mom teaches you something. So don't think because, you know, if you don't want to be a scientist anymore, don't think. 
oh, now I want to be a teacher. You can be a scientist and be a teacher when you're training your, uh, you know, the people in the lab, you're teaching. If you work at McDonald's, you're teaching. When you're training your new staff, you're teaching. This is These are ways that you add meaning into your life for where you're at right now. You know, um, you may think your job has no meaning, but every day when you're teaching some life lesson to somebody, to some young kid who walk in there, they got something going on, and you give them their advice, and you're teaching them something. You're giving them, you're sharing your experience that may be sparking something within themselves. You can add meaning to your life in the smallest, minute ways possible, you know, you know, that you could think of. But, um, yeah, my experience as a teacher, um, I, I had to deal with so much and I didn't get the support and I loved children and I loved what I did, but it started to dwindle and I started to resent my job and I started to not put forth what I wanted to in these children's lives because I, you know, the ownership didn't care about the kids as much to me in my perspective. I felt like they never gave us the real support. They wanted us to lie to parents. They wanted us to not be realistic. And they wanted, you know, just, oh, yeah, 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 we'll care about you until, you know, everything was, uh, I didn't care until corporate came. Then it's like, now put on a smile. Let's do some quick training, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I've been telling you, I've been complaining to you about this because I actually want to, I care about these kids and I'm putting a lot into it. I'm, I'm going above and beyond what you give me. I'm going above and beyond this curriculum. I'm going deeper and I'm cultivating some actual uh, stress management, behavioral management, love. When I discipline my kids, when I would discipline them um, and give them consequences, right after that, it's a hug. It's a, I love you. It's a, I'm proud of you. And uh, I'm reinforcing a behavior that I want to see. I'm not just pointing out when the child only hears, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Don't do this. Don't do all that, all that negative. What do you think they're going to internalize? What do you think they're going to take that as? That all they hear out of your mouth is frustration, anger, and, you know, um, negativity. You're never saying, oh, wow, I like the way you shared that, buddy. Or, oh, good job, sweetie. Good. Um, I like the way you um, waited it's your turn. There's a lot of lack of knowledge in how to um, communicate with children and we can learn a lot from communicating with children because you you can use these things in adult life. You know, that compassion, that patience, teaching the skills that we may not have had as children. Um, these are things that you can use throughout your lifetime. And I'm and I'm a true believer in, in that, holding that space for kids and just really trying to cultivate an um an environment where they their young minds can flourish. Like with my son. He has a lot of energy. I'm not going to lie, deny that, but I will never label him as anything other than that. He's active and he has a lot of energy. Um, me being able to deal with it is my issue, not his. And so, you know, I teach him uh, boundaries. I teach him about balance. I teach him about knowing when enough is enough. I teach about I teach him about respecting other people's bodies and uh, free will and, and asking people, hey, you want to play this game? You want to fight me? You want to play fight? Okay, you have to ask me to play fight because you can't just walk up and, and start punching me and fighting me. No. Or you want me to catch you? You want to jump? You need to ask. Like, I'm not prepared. You know, this this can happen. Or, hey, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to use your hands to hurt people. Like, these are basic things that a lot of parents don't even know how to communicate. It's more just like, Saran, don't do that. Keep your hands yourself. Uh, and it's just like, it's all about you're still perpetuating and not getting out of the, the, the way that you were raised. Not saying that everything that the way you were raised was wrong or um, 
traditional is wrong, but it's just that have an open mind that you can learn a little bit more. My experiences in teaching and doing ABA therapy with children with autism has given me the tools to use and pick and choose the things that I like that work for me and my son. Like for me, honestly, when when my son, no, I'm serious when I start counting, when I'm like one, two, <laughs> I only got to get to two sometimes because, and it's like, and that's okay. I don't care what anyone says. Like, yes, there's positive parenting, but there are also our traditions. And that's my balance. Like, I love him and I talk to him and I get on his level and I, you know, I, I give him talks and, and, or discipline. But I also, you know, when it get down to, hey, you're not listening in this way, then I'm, I'm not feeling guilty by going to this other way. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that balance of, okay, yes, you can use this positive parenting and, and talking and, and and loving, nurturing, but it's also a balance of, okay, now I'm laying down on the ground. Now it's a tough love. Now you're not taking me serious in this way. I don't have to beat you, but I can still give you more stern, more seriousness, more knowing that, hey, this you're going to get a consequence if, you're not, if you can't listen to me in this way. But my son does understand. He does listen when he, sometimes children want to know why. How many of you as kids wanted to know more explanation and your parents are like, because I say so, because I'm grown. That's why, you know, or you just didn't get the answer that you really wanted. Sometimes it's okay that your child asks why. For me, it's okay if my child asks me why. I want you to ask me questions because now I know where your how your mind is working. Like I understand why you don't feel like or why you're behaving this way because you really don't understand why you shouldn't. Sometimes just because we tell somebody not to do this and think about if somebody just told you, hey, don't walk over here. You're going to be a little curious. Can you tell me why? No, just don't do it. <laughs> like, think about that. Like, it's the same thing with kids. That's why I say sometimes we think just because they're kids, they think they they realize that they're kids. No, they see themselves as little humans. And so we need to see them as little humans, little adults, because at the end of the day, so are we. We we still little kids. We trying to be grown out here, <laughs> but we really not. We still got the mind of a child. We still throw tantrums. We still get mad. We still do stomping and, and cross our arms and roll our eyes and snap our necks. We We act like big old kids. So we need to do the same thing and have the same respect and, and cultivate actual learning, the actual tools that they will need as adults and not just uh, cast them off as they're just kids. They're at the bottom of the barrel. Like who's who's fighting for them? They're oppressed, too. If you if you ask me, we can fight for, you know, black rights, uh, women's rights, um, every other right. You know, um, reading the book All About Love by Bell Hooks is, you know, it, it's opened up my eyes a lot, too. And it's like these are things I always felt, but it's like it just kind of brings it all together, you know, my, with my own personal experiences and with reading this book. It's true. Like no one really realizes that the neglect and the uh, abuse and that can't you can't try to match those up with love. Love is a choice and you need to choose it every day to you know, have this love ethic that she talks about, have this some sense of moral standard for the love that you give to people. But um, I'm all about love. That's just me. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't believe in holding on to those types of energies because I don't think it's good for me or anybody else. I don't really think it brings about good change, but that's just my feelings and my spirit. Maybe um Certain uh, oppressions and and struggles can and fears can spark someone else to to fuel, to fuel the fight in them. But for me, it's more despair or hopelessness or or frustration, and I don't like to hold on to that. I choose to fight my fight 
with giving people the tools that I think could actually help them within their world. Because like I always say, you can't change anyone else. Only thing you can do is change yourself and educate the other people. Um, and that's why I say teaching is important to educate with compassion. But let me get into what I feel before this video gets too long. I'm trying to keep it under 30 minutes, but I don't think it'd even be that long. But Basically, let me get into what I feel are necessary to cultivate a space for young minds to flourish. Um, the fundamentals of teaching for me. First of all, obviously, love, unconditional love. Unconditional love to me is accepting people and children for where they are. Like this is about young minds and all the way from preschool, infant, all the way from the infant room to freaking college. <laughs> These young minds are the future and you really have to cherish that and, and see that for what it is that see that for the, uh, how can I say like the severity, like how serious that is. This is going to be our future. We need to be focusing on these little children and these, this youth or whatever. Um, my next one kind of goes to along with the unconditional is non-judgment. A safe space to ask questions. How many of you as kids felt like you couldn't ask too many questions? Because I even know as a parent, you know, my son like, why, 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 why? Or, or mommy this or mommy that. Yes, I love when he asks why, but I'm still a human. And sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, can I watch this show? Or, dang, uh, I'm going to answer your question a little bit. Or, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't answer all these questions right now. I'm not in that space right now. And that's okay. You know, so, but... Uh, but how many of you were were told these things in a way that really made you internalize? Like, man, it's not a safe space to ask questions. Like, don't be asking me no more questions. Go in your room. I don't want to hear nothing else because your parents are going through their own issues. Or, and I'm not saying this is a reflection of my my childhood, but I just know I've seen it from other you know other parents and other things. But it's like sometimes these are the reactions we get. And we internalize this as, okay, I can't ask questions. So I'm just stuck in my head to assume. I'm just stuck in my head to imagine. I'm just stuck in my head to come to my own conclusions as a little kid with with this imagination. I'm just stuck in my head to go and seek refuge from someone else who could be detrimental to my experience. This is why I feel like laying the foundation in parenting and teaching is important because you want to give them the tools to build their own house and not go out and seek it the tools from somebody else when when the tools from somebody else are going to be setting them up for failure you need to create that foundation from love and all the things that you feel like they would need to keep them strong and be able to um handle the trials and tribulations that they are going to go through in their own journeys don't don't send them running to somebody else have that patience and to cultivate that strength within them, themselves, that self-sufficiency. A lot of times I feel like we're not teaching self-efficiency and that's why we become so codependent and so, you know, um, gullible and naive and just, you know, needing this validation from everyone else because we didn't get enough of it from within our own environments. Um, and that goes right into my next one, which was validation and feelings of, you know, of not having shame or guilt for anything. How many of you have felt clown for asking a question like, you dumb, bro. Like, you don't know that. Or how, how you don't know this? Or what kind of person are you? Just all these negative um, reactions we internalize as well sometimes. And it's like just knowing who you are. and know. You know what? I'm at a point where I don't care. Ain't no shame in my game. A person be, may, may try to make you feel dumb for not knowing something. I don't care. I don't know. 
Like, I, I swear, I have no shame about not knowing something. People try to make you feel dumb for not knowing something. And I'm like, bro, you didn't know either. You probably don't know right now. That's why you trying to act like I'm dumb for not knowing. I ain't even, I ain't even finna tell you. I ain't even finna explain to you, bro. Like, you mean to tell me you don't know? <laughs> I be want to say, nigga, you, you, you don't. You saying that because you don't know. You can't tell me. That's why. But it's like these are the things we do, all these defense mechanisms, like trying to play and like take the mask off, man. Like you, I don't know the answer. I don't know this. I don't know that. Like that's okay. And it's not that big of a deal. Just do you know the answer? Not. If not, all right, bye. <laughs> like all this extra stuff we be doing to make people feel uh, embarrassed or ashamed or like, like what's the purpose? Are we coming to any solutions? Are we getting any answers right now? No, we're not. My next one, a little, a little therapy skills, the ability to hold space, like being able to know that teaching is more than just teaching this curriculum, teaching what's out of this book. It's going to be a little deeper than that. Kids have actual lives, too. They have actual struggles, and, and you don't know what kind of lifestyle, what kind of environment they're going back home to. So the ability to give them a little um, um, therapy, hold space for them if they need to just hold, cry, you know, be, being able to do that from any age. My next one, how to enforce boundaries and respect for others, their free will and their space. This is something I, I, I pride myself a lot um, in with my teaching with my son. Like I let him be, but when it come down to, okay, are you touching somebody else? Are you hitting somebody else? Are you, you know, forcing them to do something that they don't, that they don't want to do or, you know, coercing them to do something? Now, these are things that I teach him like, okay, you need to respect. Obviously, they said no. No means no. No is a complete sentence. When someone's telling you no, you need to listen to that. These types of things are, you know, I don't like that. When you hit me, that hurts me. That makes me feel angry. And I don't want to feel angry to you. So listen to me right now. Like I'm telling you, no, these are things that I try to put in his head. Of course, he's only three. So yeah, he's going to still do the things. And I have patience with him, but I recognize my own triggers as well. I'm still a human. Um, But, you know, just teaching them that because He's going to have to realize and sometimes allow him to get the consequences. Okay, you want to go over there? I've told you three times not to hit. Now I'm going to let you go over there and hit them. And when they hit you back, I'm going to tell you, I told you when you do that, this could be a possible consequence. This is the consequence of your actions and teaching him valuable things like your words have meaning. If you say, no, don't do this, you're not going to keep playing me back and forth. Okay, now do it. Okay, no, I don't want you to do it. No, you said, no, don't do it. So now I'm not going to do it. And then when you cry and whine about it, I'm going to tell you no, because your words have power. Your words have meaning. These are things that kids need to understand. People hold kids on a short, um, how can I say, like, we, a low standard. Like, we think that they don't have the capability to learn these um, big messages. Maybe not to the extent that we can understand them, but trust me, they are registering all this information the same way we were registering all the the low, <laughs> the the tools that we didn't want to get, the same way we were registering all the 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 knowledge that, you know, didn't help us, is the same way they can register the knowledge that will help them. Um, consistency, that's another one. Having a consistency, not giving up and, and not losing hope and, and faith. Sometimes we feel defeated as teachers, as parents, that, man, uh, I'm not getting the support I want. Just keep, you know, just keep going. Just don't give up. Um, and that goes into another one I had where it says, like, uh, just setting the intentions. Ask yourself, why did you get into this in the first place? Why did you have children in the first place? My intentions are for change or for growth, to help these children uh, flourish, evolve, 
you know, that, that like keeping your prayers and your intentions strong and, and always grounding in that when you, when your foundation feels a little shaky. Okay. Next self accountability. No realizing that sometimes it's just you. It's not these kids. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you had a bad night realizing that and not taking it or, you know, I mean, you're going to take it with you, but just having that awareness so that you're not projecting that onto your kids or you're not, um, blaming them for something you're going through within your inner world and also having self-love you have to be good yourself and you know really love yourself and know your worth and know that you are making a difference in these kids lives no matter how you know challenging it may be this is the thing the way I reframed my parenting is that and life and, and challenges overall is that these are just challenges they're gonna teach me some kind of lesson if I allow it it's not a bad day it's just a challenging moment Meaning moment means temporary. You're going to get through it just like an emotion. It's going to go in waves. Sometimes it's going to be good moments. Sometimes it's going to be bad. Have that self-love and know that you're a worthy person. You're you're a loving person. Okay? Keep keep going. Keep pushing. Next, not having that prejudice or stereotypical or resentful bitterness towards people. Like, believe it or not, sometimes we carry our own conditioning. And, oh, I'm just going to be real. Not... Some people may actually say, okay, here's this mixed kid. And they treat this mixed kid worse than the than a full black kid because they feel like in the world, the mixed kid get privileges. The black kid is going to be uh, giving his hand uh, of of more, you know, more doors closed. So I'm going to open the doors for this for this black one more than this mixed one cuz they going to get it. The world going to be more easy to And and believe it or not, people have these mental these mentalities. This is not pulling out the crack of my butt like and so you have to realize your own biases, your own judgments, prejudices, and conditioning, and and trying to and try to uh, stay grounded in fairness, and that you're not being an oppressor yourself. You know what I'm saying, and that you're not being a hypocrite yourself. Okay, so this video is going to be over thirty minutes. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, just being mindful that that awareness, that accountability. Next, actually having a a balance between um, tough love and nurturing love, you know, through discipline. Like I said, you know, when I used to get, I used to get down on my one knee and, and, you know, hold my little child's uh, shoulders in my classroom and I would talk to them with a soft loving tone, Um, you know, and I would tell them, you know, why this is wrong and why they have to think about their choices. You know, I didn't call a timeout. We would say, you need to go think about it. And, and, and then once I, you know, they thought about it for one or two minutes, I would go over there and, and get on their level, you know, talk to them and, and break it down and, and let them know that I still love them and I would give them a hug. These are ways that I did it. But, you know, sometimes I would have to say, you know what, Connor, Jackson, Ashley, whatever, I'm going to count to three and you need to come over here right now. We're doing this. We're doing that. Okay. You don't, you're so tired. Okay. You don't, you're tired, huh? Okay. Well, guess what? When we go outside, you're going to be tired. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not tired. Oh, okay. Hey, sometimes that black mama got to come out. Cause Oh, you tired, huh? <laughs> you tired to, to do circle time. Well, guess what? You tired to go outside and I'm just keeping it real. That's what I'm saying. It's a balance, but they know I love them. And guess what? Right after I would say that, I love you. I know, buddy. I love you too. I know, sweetie. I love you too. They, they know what's up. Kids also test. But they're testing how much you love them. How much are you going to put into them? It's not a test like they're trying to make mad. They know what they're doing. No, they freaking don't. They're copying whatever behaviors they see. They're sponges. 
They model behavior. That's how we learn as humans. We always want to think kids know exactly what they're doing. You know, okay, if they do, they learned it from you. <laughs> they learned their behavior from you. They're reflections of you. Take that accountability. That gives you a lot of patience. Knowing that my son is impatient because of me gives, <laughs> gives me a lot more patience with him. It makes me fight harder to not be so impatient. But anywho, so yeah, that balance. Next, compassion for, for the child's life and struggles. I kind of talked about er- that earlier, you know, knowing that they actually have their own lives and challenges just because their kids don't think that kid may go home to, to no food, to abusive uh, parent, to a drunk parent, to being invisible at home. You don't know what they're dealing with. So have I remember one of my students told me, you know, I'm. he literally came to me. He was about probably 10. He came to me and apologized because he was like, I'm sorry I got mad. My dad just, my mom and dad, they're just always on their phone with work. And, I, you know, I, I don't get it. I, they don't never listen to me. So when you didn't hear me, I felt like you weren't listening to me. Like, it was roughly like that. I don't remember word for word. But it was like, man, that made me have so much compassion for him. And, like, you know, that made me sad. Like, I feel sorry for him. But I was like, you know, it's okay, buddy. I'm here. And thank you for coming to me and telling me that. I appreciate you apologizing. These are things that I saw as a teacher. They are little humans. See them for that. I want us to transcend the conditioning of seeing children as burdens or just like we brought them into this world. They didn't actually brought into this world. My next one that goes, oh, I kind of talked about that patience. And um, also right after that, anger management. These are kind of self-explanatory. Find ways to, to manage your anger, but also knowing that you can hold space for that anger. That anger is okay to have sometimes, but, you know, find ways to manage it so that it's not always in this triggered reaction. It's not always when when the uh, the, the steam doesn't hit the kettle or, you know, the, the, the nail or, or the straw that broke the camel's back. It's not after you've gotten so much beaten or so much pressure that now it just explodes. No, Get ahead of the anger. Everything is about staying ready so you ain't got to get ready. Everything's about being in the driver's seat. Everything's about getting ahead of it so that it's not controlling you. You're controlling it. When you are giving yourself space to be angry, you're controlling it. I'm allowing this energy to to, to be right now so that I know that in a minute it's going to be over. It's only temporary. But yeah, do whatever you can. I Sometimes I like to run or, or walk or go outside in that sun, get that vitamin D. Um, you know, do do different things. Watch a, a funny TV show. Listen to some gospel music or some funny music. or I mean, not funny music or some uh, uh, ratchet music. Whatever, man. Do whatever whatever floats your boat. Uh, go boxing, whatever. That's a good one. Um, another one, being human and allowing your realistic emotions to have space. That, that I just kind of said that. You're allowed to feel too. You are human. Not going into work acting like with, with the with the mask of teacher. Jobs need to stop making people put their issues to the side in a sense. Like, yes, obviously don't go in there raging. But the more you tell a person not to feel, the more you tell a person you are not to have emotions and you're supposed to be this robot, the more that it becomes dysfunctional and the more that they can't function. But if you allow a person, hey, I need a break. I, I need to go step out. I'm, you know, I'm going through something right now. All right, let me, let me, let me cover you. You're allowed that not feeling guilty. You're at work now. You can't be this way. You need to be professional. Oh, Lord, that word professional be getting on my nerves. What is professional? Can somebody tell me? Like, what is professional? Robot? 
no motions, no feelings, like uh, wrist and B-I-T-C-H face. Like what, what is, what is it? Like, I don't know. Fake to me. That's what it sounds like. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the yada, yada, yada. How can I help you? Even though you just lost some, one of your loved ones, like, no, like, um, <laughs> I just don't understand it. Like, it's just, to me, it's, it's, um, how can I say it's destructive to the human experience to me by feeling like you cannot feel when you're in the workplace. But anyway, there's ways that you can manage it and handle it and be professional, quote unquote, without this idea or ideal of what professional is. Um, next one, be fun. Have a sense of humor. When I tell you, if them walls can talk in my classroom, I would have been had a, a crazy chick. <laughs> like, because me and my uh, the teacher who I worked with, we would act a fool with them kids. Kids love when you act childlike with them. Let their inner child out. Do nothing without intention. Like, we would do this thing, this song called, uh, what was that song? Silly Willies. Oh, my God. It's so fun. Like, if you can find it, do play it, dance with your child, do all the little funny faces, act like quack like a duck, walk around, make funny noises. We would, like, let the kids uh, uh, ride on our back like animals. Like, we would do all kind of stuff, just acting like crazy silly when we would go outside they knew outside is where you can let all that energy out scream as loud as you i I know some teachers that don't even let their kids like run or scream when they outside when do you want them to release this energy you sit down on the square on a triangle for three hours you can't do it you you can stay in order for 50 hours like how think about how you are at work when you got to sit at that desk that's irritating you want to get up and move and stretch your legs too just because we have been so conform to it, we think that that's the norm. No, it's not the norm. That's not human. We're not designed to just be so bound up for hours on the end. When we would go outside, as soon as we hit that door, they knew they could just scream to the top of their lungs. And so with that, with that allowance, they had more discipline and more structure when we came in because they needed the balance of the routine and the structure along with the freedom to be wild and crazy and let all that energy out. We would act like monsters and chase them and rah, rah, or do what I call lazy tag. <laughs> Any parent know what this is. When you really not chasing them, you really just making that one little step forward and you reaching that arm out and you ah. And you reach that other on my heart, but you ain't. They done ran around the uh, playground about three times, and you ain't you ain't made it about two steps. <laughs> but that's what I call it, not laser tag, lazy tag. But anyway, yeah, like just playing with them, I would have so much fun in that sun, just chasing those little kids, seeing their faces, and just like them laughing and and all this other kind of stuff, and and just teaching them lessons of while we're playing. Hey, watch out! You got to know how to dodge. It's called dodging. Don't make sure you don't run into that. Or watch them. They they're learning motor skills. Everything I did has some multi. How can I say like a multi test to it, like a double purpose, like. It was it was deeper than just playing. They were still learning lessons. Oh, okay, they ran into each other. Now let me stop and let me have this teachable moment. Every moment was teachable for me. Just have fun, have laugh, be silly. Like that, that's it makes you feel good too. It makes the job more fun when you can say, Oh, I oh, I get to go with my kids today. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have a ball. You know what I mean? And so my next one going into being objective, not necessarily influential, like putting your all your biases on them. Like be mindful that, you know, like I was kind of talking about earlier that with the, um, with the mixed kid and the, and the kid that's not mixed or, or, you know, 
maybe favoring the, the guys more than the girls or maybe kind of have being aware that your mind has biases in it. We all have sexist thoughts. Um, um, how can I say racist thoughts, prejudiced thoughts, um, um, patriarchal thoughts like these are we are one mind we these thoughts run in all of our heads and being aware of them is how you are going to be ahead of them and so that you are not projecting them onto your kid onto the kid maybe you don't you won't let the girls do something because you think it's too rough but you allow the boys to do it because there's this conditioning with boys and girls or the girl is labeled as a tomboy but the boy is just a boy like these are things that you have to be that you you can be mindful of and so that you're not putting your biases on onto them or or, or what you allow one kid to get away with, you're not allowing this kid to get away with for whatever reason or label or, um, you know, you've given this child. Like, just these types of things and, and just being mindful of it. And, you know, the end is you need to have a actual love for children. Not just, oh, yeah, they all right, I like them, whatever. No. Do you actually like them? Do you actually love them? Like, you need to love children and love what you do, seeing them for the blessing and the miracles that they are. Ask yourself, why were you called into teaching in the first place? Like, what is it that makes you uh, motivated to help these little beings or bigger beings? Like I said, if from all the way from infant room in the daycare all the way to um, college, 18 the mind doesn't stop. We are still students because that 18 year old that you may be teaching may have never had a teacher to cultivate something within them that was meaningful. You may be the one person that sparks and starts their whole actual learning cycle as black people. You know, you know, reading the post traumatic slave syndrome, one thing that stood out to me that I liked is how she broke down how learning is different for like us. And we do need meaning. My son needs love. He needs for 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 us to respect. We need to feel like there's meaning behind what we're learning. When you give them love, when you show them that you actually respect them and that you love them, it's a two way street. And and that goes for children. Sometimes we think respect. Respect is only a two-way street for adults. No, it goes the same for children. You need to respect your children as well. Like, I have that understanding that, you know, they deserve meaning and love. And they flourish better in school that way. When you make it interesting, when you make your curriculum not so boring um, and not bland, just like we don't like our food bland, we add a little flavor, add a little sauce to the to the, to curriculum, to the, uh, maybe make, this, make it a song. When I tell you we made everything a song, everything. This is the way you wash your hands, wash your hands. And then I get to beatboxing in there. Like, you know, add your flavor. And they would like it. Oh, Miss Fontenot, I like when you do what do that. Like, <laughs> boy, I love my kids. It's so funny. And the parents love me too. They knew when they dropped their kids off, that child was in a safe space. That ch- I love that that they I love that kid. And and boy, Christmas time showed it. When I tell you I had about 30 presents. <laughs> It pays off sometimes. Look, no, let me stop. But it's it's more than just, you know, the rewards. But that's great, too. Get your reinforcement. You need reinforcement, too. As adults, we need reinforcement. We have love languages. Parents, get those teachers gifts, too, sometimes. Like, get them a little, little $5 Starbucks card. Uh, get them a cup of donuts. Do stuff to show appreciation. Uh, that teacher appreciation week need to be all year long. Like, I love the... I love the the holidays that we set aside, like, you know, Valentine's Teacher Appreciation. But 
but I have my love and hate for it because sometimes people think that's the only time that you can do something and that that's the only time we, we go break the bank and, you know, do it for this consumerism and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, show appreciation in different ways, too. Like, do it year-round. Maybe it's a little card. Maybe it's a, a mug. Maybe anything. Maybe it's just your kid drew a picture for them and you like, oh, such and such wanted to, little Johnny wanted to, you know, bring you something. They drew something at home for you. Believe it or not, me as a teacher, I love those types of things. That sentimental value is priceless. Create a declaration. Create a teacher's prayer that every morning when you go into work, know that you are doing something for these kids. As any, and not just like I said, it's not a teacher in school, a teacher in any environment. When you go to work, you're teaching somebody something that day. That's how you give your life meaning. Did you, did someone leave you better than they was before they came to you? Or did they leave you depleted and sad and miserable? How are they, how are people leaving you? Are you giving, are you shining your light? Are you giving them something valuable? Are you giving them something that they can use to help them throughout their moment, throughout their day? But I'm going to end that off, guys. Fundamentals of teaching. If you have any other things, uh, I don't know how this form is going to work, but I want to make it to where it becomes interactive eventually. But, you know, cultivate on these. Sit on these thoughts. Think about these things. As always, someone who cares, a spiritual activist, peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. Keep God first. I love you guys. Peace out.